This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the New York Yankees official podcast. My goal is not just be in the big leagues, it's just to stay in the big leagues for a, for a while, for a lot of years. That's an inspiration for me when I see all those superstar guys in the past and they are here and you see how the people show the love for all those those players. For me, it's an inspiration to, to, to say in my mind, like, I have to get better, I have to stay with the Yankees for a, for a lot of years, and, and I want to be in this position in one time in my life. Every day that I come to the field, even when I get down to AAA, I just feel glad, man. I know a lot of people want to live the things that I'm living right now, and this is a dream that I'm living. Hello, hello, and welcome to the first 2024 episode of the New York Yankees official podcast. I am John Schwartz. I am the deputy editor of Yankees Magazine. Joining me across the desk, we have our executive editor, Nathan Makaborski. Nathan, how are you doing? Doing well, John. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. I think uh, 2024 is coming at us with some strikes and gutters, maybe. Uh, kind of busted up my rib by falling while ice skating, but... Uh, <laughs> the University of Michigan doing its part to make me feel all better. Yeah, we both got to enjoy uh, watching our alma maters perform well on the football field over the break here. Uh, Got to watch Rutgers perform well here at Yankee Stadium in the Pinstripe Bowl. That was a lot of fun. And uh, you're uh, Big Blue. Still got another game to play here coming up soon. One more game. Nate, we are going to discuss a little bit of that Pinstripe Bowl that, like you mentioned, Rutgers came out on top at over at the University of Miami. But first, let's talk to Oswaldo Cabrera. I had a chance to speak with him on the Celebrity Apex during the Legends of Baseball cruise this past December. It was a terrific experience, and uh, you can book a trip on the 2024 Legends of Baseball cruise, which sails December 7th, 2024 from Fort Lauderdale, again on the Celebrity Apex. So we'll talk about Oswaldo, we'll talk about Pinstripe Bowl, and first, let's hear from Oswaldo. This episode of the New York Yankees official podcast is being brought to you by Celebrity Cruises, the sponsors of the Legends of Baseball Cruise. They'll be sailing from Fort Lauderdale on the beautiful Celebrity Apex for seven nights departing on December 7th, 2024. You can learn more at www.legendsofbaseballcruise.com. I was on the first sailing this past December. It was an absolutely amazing experience, as you've been hearing on our recent episodes. And the 2024 sailing will visit the stunning ports of Labadee, Haiti, Bimini in the Bahamas, Porta Plata, Dominican Republic, and Key West. Join your favorite players for some amazing events like private cocktail parties, autograph, photo sessions, trivia, an amazing beach day where you can play wiffle ball with some of your favorite legends. For more information, please be sure to visit the website www.legendsofbaseballcruise.com and book your cabin today. 
joining us right now from aboard the Celebrity Apex in <laughs> somewhere in the Caribbean right now. We have Oswaldo Cabrera. Oswaldo, how you doing? I'm so glad to be here, brother. I'm so glad, so grateful with the life or share this moment with with all these fans. Usually when we talk, it's like, you know, in the Yankees clubhouse or in a tiny little room somewhere <laughs> off it. This is a little more luxurious, right? <laughs> this works. Yeah. You know, when you're a kid, you're probably thinking, man, I want to be a professional baseball player. Over the course of your two years, I'm sure you've had a lot of experiences that you never dreamed of. And I, I mean, you don't think when you're in Venezuela, someday I'm going to be on a cruise ship <laughs> and I'm going to be hanging out, right? I mean, that's, that's not the dream. You're right, man. Like... The dream is being in big leagues, you yeah. know, and my goal is not just being in the big leagues, it's just to stay in the big leagues for a, for a while, for a lot of years. And you can't imagine when things like this happen, what, what, what's happening in my mind in these moments. For me, it's like I never thought, he never thought about, about these things too. So when things like this happen in my life, I just feel glad. I just feel grateful with the life. Have you ever been on a cruise before? Never. This is my first time. So can you imagine how I feel? It's not a, <laughs> it's not a bad way to travel, right? <laughs> and not just being on a cruise. It's the trip with the with the fans. It's the moments and, and all the, the attention that the people give me here. All and, those things make this special. And I think that when you are a minor leaguer, so when you're, let's say, in the Dominican Academy and when you're in Tampa and when you're in all these places... I think they. I think we talk to you guys a lot about what the Yankees family is and how kind of yeah. like you know what it means and how beloved the Yankees are yeah. over these last two years and certainly this week here on the ship. I mean, you really get to see that in a really special way. Yeah. I mean, you know, you mean a lot to these people. <laughs> so you can see how the Yankees fans are in everywhere, mm -hmm. and everywhere feels the same love for the team. So for me, so much important the relationship with the fans. How can I treat all those fans with the same way with love? You know, that's that's my mentally all the time. It's very clear. I mean, you're, you're always smiling. You always <laughs> look because last year was a struggle. You know, you yeah. struggled last year, 100%. but you you never saw it on your face in a sense. Yeah. How are you able to maintain that positivity and that I, honestly just like good naturedness? Like, yeah. I mean, when it's when it's a slog, because it's not always easy. <laughs> yeah, it's not easy, obviously. But at the same time, um, I'm, every day that I come to the field, even when I get down to AAA, uh, I just feel glad, man. I know a lot of people want to live the things that I'm living right now. And this is a dream that I'm living, you know. So for that reason, I'm just, like, grateful for for being living all those moments, you know. Like, if I'm, I'm in the Yankee Stadium and I'm not playing that day, obviously I'm not happy because I, I want to play to help the team win. But... If I'm in the bench, how many people in the world want to be in the bench of the Yankee? So I just put in my mind that I don't want to be here in the bench, but what can I do to get outside there? So that, that changed my mentally, like, yeah, put energy vibes in my mind, like good vibes. Just try to think about what, you know, like how blessed I am. And this might be a weird question because, look, if you're a professional baseball player, that means you're very used to being the best. I bet you were the best among your friends. I bet no offense, Javier. <laughs> I bet you were the best in your family when you were growing up. Was last year the first time that you really felt like struggling, that you really felt like you kept pushing and pushing and pushing and it wasn't there in some way? Yeah, 100%. I think that was my first time that I was like try, trying for all year long, you know, like... All the years before, I used play for probably if I got a slump, long slump, I get just one month, a really long slump, a slump. 
And last year, obviously, was not not the best, but I tried to get that opportunity to play every day. It's not a secret that if we play every day, we, we, we can figure out how. And it's not easy if you are in the bench and you are playing one game in a week. Mm-hmm. So that was not easy. But at the same time, I, I, I was learning how can I get better from those games that I was taking in that moment, you know? And who were you leaning on for advice when that's going on? Who's helping you? So right now, I was playing in Venezuela. Mm-hmm. And the way that I played the last month, I feel like my swing back. And I feel like... like I was working the right way to feel feel that that Oswaldo Cabrera swing back. And when I get back to Venezuela to play in the Winter Bowl this last month, I start to to work with the name is Ender Chavez. Mm-hmm. Ender Chavez is the brother of Andy Chavez. And we want putting a lot of work on it, like hard work, mm-hmm. just trying to 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 change things that make sense in my mind and we put in the game and th- we see the results we see a lot of good at bats we see a lot of good contact we see a lot of good good swings and that made me feel like more confidence about myself about this off season what can i work what things can i do to get better and for that reason i'm so excited to 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 work in the complex playing for the tiburon as you said right in yes Venezuela. sir what town in venezuela is that that's in Caracas. Okay, yeah, Caracas. that's in this. Like, the name is a state close to Caracas, but we play in Caracas. Everyone, I assume, has a pretty good sense of how exciting it is to play in Yankee Stadium. <laughs> that's pretty cool. When you get to go back home, when you get to go play, where you kind of, you know, your home, your home country, your hometown. When, when you're coming back as a New York Yankee, how much pride do you feel? In taking the field in Venezuela. Yeah, and you can see for for from everybody in Venezuela, like people who doesn't know anything about baseball, they know Yankees, you know. Mm-hmm. So when you put that that logo on your chest, that that means a lot for for me. It means so much. Like people respect you, and people know know that you put a lot of work to to be there. So. When I get to Venezuela, I feel that love from the people. There's some pretty special Venezuelan players on this roster right now, certainly Glaber. You know, Oswald Peraza, awesome. you know, great player, everything like that. Yeah. Everson Pereira. Um, you want just Gomez. Gomez. But you guys lost a big one recently, and that's Carlos Mendoza. Yes, sir. How impactful was Carlos to you as a young player? As a young player, was so much impactful. Obviously, Carlos Mendoza, the bench coach, who now became the mess manager. Sorry, go on. Yeah, but before he was the the infield coordinator when I was in in minor, and he he helped me in the way that you you can imagine. Mm-hmm. When I got in my second year in in the spring training in two thousand seventeen, I get like twenty pounds. Mm-hmm. And I was a little bit gordito, <laughs> a little bit fat guy. <laughs> and the office guy, the guys in the office, they want me in that moment, like to commit a catcher. Mm-hmm. And Carlos Mendoza was one of the guys who said, no, 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 no. It's his decision. And he comes to me and he say, I, they're going to ask you. And I want to know what, what you want. I say, no, I don't want to be a catcher. You know, like I'm being infield forever. I don't want to be a catcher. And he say, yeah, I don't want to see you as a catcher. I want to see you in big leagues as an infield, as a middle infield, not a, not just an infield, as a middle infield. But you have to promise something. You have to promise that you have to work hard. You have to work in, in your body. And since that moment, man, I, I can't stop. I don't stop. Like, So here's the thing, though. I mean, last year, 
just last year, you played in order uh-huh. of most to least. Left field, right field, third <laughs> base, second base, shortstop, designated hitter, we'll throw that out, first base, and even center field. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think all that's missing is catching and pitching at this <laughs> point. What's going on? There? Yeah, so I love that. I love that. I always say to Boone that, like, I just like to play, you know? I don't care where he's playing me that, that day. And you I know just, that's valuable. You know uh, that you like it, but the team sure likes that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For that reason, in my mind, it's like just put that work during the practice to to just enjoy those moments during the game. And the thing is, I mean, I don't need to tell you this, like Yankees fans, as we're recording this, they're very excited right now. <laughs> Juan Soto's coming to town. Yeah. You know, Trent Grisham, Alex Verdugo. Yeah. That's exciting news for, for Yankees fans and Yankees players, but, and respectfully here, you know, that's three guys coming in who are generally outfielders and things like that. I mean, <laughs> you know, you must look at it as, well, good thing I can play everywhere because the outfield just got a lot more crowded. Yeah, there, right? you're right. And that happened last year in, yeah. in the infield. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of people. Like, we got Donaldson, we got Rizzo, we got Lamehu, Claver, Volpe, Barraza, and I was playing outfield. So that that type of ability to, to be playing everywhere, that's something that I want to keep working on it to to get better and don't put any excuse that's on my mind all the time like don't put any excuse when i when i make an error or something Mm -hmm. that happened because that happened but it's not because i didn't work i have to work to get ready on all those things absolutely and you can hear the excitement coming in here because we are on uh, as i said the celebrity apex and we have (laughs) fans rolling in here right now for a q a session look i i I guess i know how yankees fans feel about juan soto coming to town how do Yankees players feel for me he's one of the best hitter in 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 baseball Mm -hmm. so we got one of the best hitter in our lineup in the past obviously judges for me is the best (laughs) and we got another elite in, in our lineup that that means so much for for us as a player you know because you can see all the lineup all the veteran guys all the young blood and and you can see how how that is getting so much good that's awesome yeah i mean how exciting is it i mean again we get we, we know you yeah. you know i know what's like to watch iron judge every day we got yeah. another one coming now we got we got our yeah. we got juan soto you know look you're you're on the ship right now and as you look around there's ron bloomberg Greg Nettles, Mickey Rivers, you know, Chris Chambliss has been around. You you were sitting next to El Duque, I think, before yeah. for a little while, Mickey Rivers. You see how much Yankees fans love being around these guys. How much yeah. Yankees fans love the guys they grew up watching, the guys yeah. Yeah. you know, I'm not I'm not aging you right here, and your career is by no means over. Don't get me wrong <laughs> here. But does it cross your mind as you watch stuff like this that 20 years from now, 30 years from now, 40 years from now, I'm always going to be part of this club in a sense. And this is what the club looks like. You know, this is, this is what it is. People are going to love you forever, man. Yeah. Do you think about that? Yeah, 100%. Like, that's an inspiration for me when I see all those superstar guys in the past and they are here and you see how the people show the love for all those those players. For me, it's an inspiration to, to, to say in my mind, like, I have to get better. I have to stay with the Yankees for a, for a lot of years and, and I want to be in this position in one time in my life. Think about being 60 years old. You, Oswald, Everson, Glaber on a boat together. Just, I mean, that's the dream. That's that's the the dream. You're right. You're right. That's the dream. So, like we said, last year was a bit of a struggle. And not just for you, though. The Yankees, obviously, the Yankees are supposed to make the playoffs. They didn't make the playoffs. Here's the thing. You're leaving this cruise early to get back to dry land and get back to hitting and everything like that. How excited are you? I'm so excited. Just like I say, I've been working in, in Venezuela 
with my swing and the the way that I finish all those months that I played there and and the way that I feel right now hitting for that reason I'm coming here I'm not not here today to Chris but it's confusing who knows where we are who knows where we are now? <laughs> <laughs> but man in I'm just excited to be in Tampa hitting that's on my mind all the time and when I talked with my dad last week before coming here I say I don't want to go there because I, obviously, I want to go there, but I want to be in the cage, hitting and figuring out my swing, and just try to get that feeling to all all my career, you know. And it's December and now, dad, and your yeah. mind's on October, right? I mean, yeah. you gotta be thinking like, yeah. how do I get through this year, right? And my dad say like, man, you've been working all season. After all, after the season, you get to Venezuela, straight to Venezuela to play, and it's time to get at least a week, you know. Yeah, yeah. you 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 deserve like rest a little bit, so. Don't think about hitting right now. You think about other things, and when you come back from there, we we get on it. Well, look over these next few days before you have to leave. Make sure you get some more of that uh, <laughs> the good food, the good times, yeah. and enjoy yourself. But as well, Cabrera, thank you so yeah. much for taking the time, thank and you, uh, thank look you. forward to seeing you, man. Thank you, I appreciate you. John. Hi, this is Clark Schmidt. You're listening to the New York Yankees official podcast. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news. Leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This is Nick Swisher, and you're listening to the New York Yankees official podcast. Nate, we deal with a lot of New York Yankees. It's pretty uh, interesting. We get to meet some really talented, skilled, iconic people. And sometimes you just get to talk to just some incredibly genuine, sweet, fun kids, <laughs> in a sense. And I don't know what the future holds for Oswaldo Cabrera. I don't know what his baseball career looks like. He is just such an easy person to cheer for, though. And I think that really came through in the conversation we had aboard the Celebrity Apex. Absolutely. You know, we, we talk about it a lot, John, how one of the great privileges of this job is meeting people from all walks of life, from all corners of the globe. And you meet some really genuinely interesting, unique, special people. And Oswaldo, from the moment he arrived here in, I guess it was maybe August of 2022, it was clear that he, he's one of those guys that you just, you can't not come away from a conversation with him feeling, you know, happy and upbeat because he just radiates positivity. And, you know, who doesn't like to be around people like that? You know, it's true. And I, and I love the fact that, look, there's more information about baseball available than ever right now. And certainly that some people love that, some people don't love it, whatever you want to say. But one thing that I think generally people do enjoy about that is these kids in the minor leagues you know, we know more about them than ever in some ways. And it's easy to kind of follow the progressions a little more than it used to be. And yet still, I mean, look, I have to say, and maybe I'm, you know, showing myself to not pay enough attention right now. In 2022, Oswaldo Cabrera caught me completely by surprise. This wasn't, you know, Jason Dominguez coming up. This wasn't Austin Wells coming up in 2023. This wasn't Anthony Volpe, certainly, or even Oswald Peraza. Obviously, people who pay closer attention to me had been seeing how he was thriving at AAA and AA that year. But still, you know, I remember you were talking to me when he came up and you're just like, this guy's been real interesting lately. And I kind of like just that glazed over look to you because 
okay, let's see. Let's see who he is. And there's, again, such a positivity that he brought in right away. I, I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, his first game was like a walk-off uh, Yankees win. And you could just see on his face, this guy uh, absolutely living the dream. Yeah, he has like resting happy face. That positivity, I think, has really uh, been a boon to his baseball career because he, he has been through tough times. I mean, you guys talked about how last year was, was tough up here at the major league level. Even the year before that, when he did get called up, he was having a, a tough time earlier in the season. He had a, you know, he wasn't hitting, he got hurt, he had to sit out for a while, but, you know, he's mentally tough. And when he came back, he really started tearing it up uh, at Scranton and then he earned the call up and did a lot of really, really good things up here in 2022. Um, and so, you know, like you said, I mean, who knows where his career is, is going to go from here. We don't know that about anybody, but uh, I think his, his outlook and, uh, you know, his experience so far and his, you know, ability to have uh, proven to himself that he's capable of, of working through these types of things, you know, makes me think that there's, there's good days ahead for us, Waldo Cabrera. And the other thing, too, is... Um, you know, getting the experience of playing in the Venezuelan Winter League uh, this offseason, I think it can only be a positive. It, it sounded like it, it's been good for him. He feels like he's, his swing is starting to, to come back. So I'm hopeful that, uh, you know, between that and, like I said, just his undying positivity uh, that 2024 is, is a better year for him than, than last year was. And it's funny because most professional baseball players, certainly most major league baseball players, aren't people who necessarily should come to me for career advice. But one thing that, frankly, I do tell any, whether it's a journalism student I'm speaking to or even family, relatives, whatever, college students who I talk to a lot, one of the things I always say to them is, you know, the world's changing a lot and expertise can mean a lot of different things. And one of the best things you can do for your career, whatever it becomes, is, you know, master a lot of different trades in a sense and become good at things that maybe not everyone around you is good at. And in some cases, that means learning how to podcast or staying on top of the newest social media platform or whatever. And I'm kind of joking here when I say this, but not entirely. Again, it's January right now. We don't know what's going to happen with the rest of the hot stove league. We don't know what's going to happen in spring training. We don't know. I'm sure there'll be injuries along the way. Who knows? But the best thing Oswaldo Cabrera has going for him right now, and the reason I think that he is still penciled in on this roster is because he can play everywhere on the field. And that's just so important. And, and it's so much harder than I think we realize. You, th you look at these players, these plug-and-play players, and it's just like, okay, you know, fine, whatever, he can play anywhere. But, I mean, you try playing second base one day and playing center field the next day. And it might not even be the next day. It might be six days later. Or, you know, he might not get into the game at all for three days, and then he comes in as a pinch runner. I agree. It's, it's not easy, an easy thing to do. It's especially not easy to do it all well, but I feel like wherever he is, whatever role he's put in, whatever he's asked to do, the team has a lot of confidence in him, and, and for good reason. Um, you know, he's just got to hopefully regain his swing and, and be able to be uh, as dangerous with the bat as he was in the past. But I have to say also, and this is honestly, it's <laughs> you don't get a lot of opportunities to be around these guys on their vacations. Like, I mean, th that's just the way this is. Nate, you and I, we probably have more access to the New York Yankees players than anyone listening to this right now. But I can't tell you here on, as we record this January 3rd, 
what Aaron Judge is doing between now and the day that, you know, he reports to spring training in Tampa. I'm sure it involves a lot of baseball, but I don't know where he's vacationing. I don't know what he's doing. There was something about this cruise, which I think came across in the interview, and I hope in all the interviews that we've been doing, which was special to see a young Major League Baseball player, a very young Major League Baseball player in Oswaldo's case, experience kind of for the first time some of the fruits of what this life is. I mean, he was very open. You know, this is not this is not a guy who grew up going on cruises or anything like that or, you know, living in utter luxury as he did for less than a week on the ship because he had to leave early because he did have to get back and train. But I, I, the memories that I have of this experience, which will stay with me forever and that I hope that, you know, people will come along for next year to see some of this stuff is just this wide-eyed glee of this young kid who he could choose if he wanted to just sit at the shoulder of, you know, Chris Chambliss or Greg Nettles and talk baseball with guys like that. Or if he wanted to play with water toys on the beach in Cozumel and, you know, climb things and jump into the water with his brother or play wiffle ball with, you know, some people. You were seeing a guy learn what it means to progress in this life in a sense. And that's a re- I've never gotten to see that. I don't know any other environment where you would see that. And it was really touching to me. My wife was totally charmed by Oswaldo in ways that everybody on that ship was too. It was uh, very, very cool to see. Yeah, and what a good like uh, ambassador for the team. Like, he was a good, a good selection to be you know, this uh, maiden voyage and uh, to have a current player. He, he was a good guy to go. And uh, you know, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Didi Gregorius in that sense, where he's just kind of up for, up for anything and is going to be comfortable in any situation. And it's just a guy who is a, a pleasure to be around. So uh, I'm glad that it was him there and that you were there and that you've been able to uh, you know, come back and report on it's just such, a, <laughs> such an interesting trip. I'm sure a lot of people will be uh, signing up to go on it next year. Legendsofbaseballcruise.com. The ports are already set for 2024. They don't have the players named yet, but you can go there now and lock in a cabin for yourself. This episode of the New York Yankees official podcast is being brought to you by Celebrity Cruises, the sponsors of the Legends of Baseball Cruise. They'll be sailing from Fort Lauderdale on the beautiful Celebrity Apex for seven nights departing on December 7th, 2024. You can learn more at www.legendsofbaseballcruise.com. I was on the first sailing this past December. It was an absolutely amazing experience, as you've been hearing on our recent episodes. And the 2024 sailing will visit the stunning ports of Labadee, Haiti, Bimini in the Bahamas, Porta Plata, Dominican Republic, and Key West. Join your favorite players for some amazing events like private cocktail parties, autograph, photo sessions, trivia, an amazing beach day where you can play wiffle ball with some of your favorite legends. For more information, please be sure to visit the website www.legendsofbaseballcruise.com and book your cabin today. But Nate, obviously, it's not just uh, Tales from the High Seas that we have here on the (laughs) New York Yankees official podcast. As we sit here in early January, we are, of course, waiting for developments on the hot stove. It, you know, as we wait and wait and wait, maybe uh, it allows my mind to wander a little bit to uh, Monday night and Michigan versus Washington and uh, the national championship game of football. But soon enough, there will be things to talk about. Uh, but certainly, obviously, last week, we got to spend a, a day during the holiday break still at Yankee Stadium as we watched the bad boy mowers pinstripe ball. Rutgers against Miami. What turned out to be, in the end, a 
really terrific one possession game, but all in all, just a remarkable performance, I thought, by Rutgers and Rutgers fans because it was a warm day, but it was misty. It was a little strange. We had had a huge rainstorm the day before. I kind of wondered coming in here if that was going to drag down attendance in any way. And oh my, did it not. Rutgers fans came out in force and what a good day. It was. It was another fantastic bowl game here at Yankee Stadium, the 13th edition of the Pinstripe Bowl. And, uh, you know, I had, I had the pleasure of going just straight as a, a fan this year. I, I didn't have really much, uh, you know, professional duties after we got the program all, all taken care of and distributed and everything. Really uh, proud of this year's game day program that we made. But yeah, I was able to go with my family, took my son, and, and um, it was an awesome day. And the fans, you're right. The Rutgers fans came out in, in big numbers. A fair amount of Miami fans, too. But They were here. Yep, yep. for sure. And just a, a really good game, a, a really good time. And uh, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, 2024 Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl already. Obviously, bowl season has changed a lot in our lifetimes, certainly with the playoff, with players opting out and everything. And I think that there is always a sense in the lead up to these games. It always, you know what it reminds me of, actually? It reminds me of the Olympics every year, where in like the week before the Olympics, all the writers are there already, and they have to write something. So what you see is in the week leading up to the Olympics, every story is about how they're not ready yet, and how this is going to be a disaster, and how people are miserable. Because they're there, and there's nothing happening, and they have to write something. And then the Olympics start, and it's like, oh, this is the greatest experience in history. And that's how I feel about these bowl games. You know, you spend so much time in the lead up, talking whether you're talking to coaches or whether it's just fans complaining on Twitter or social media about the players who aren't there. And then the game starts, and you realize that it's about the players who are there. And the thing that I'll go back to is, yes, in the grand scheme of things, the 2023 Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl did not mean anything, quote-unquote. It did not change the outcome of the season for college football as a whole. But when Miami was down pretty big there, and yet they you know, scored that late touchdown and then recovered the onside kick. You could, th these weren't kids who were out there being like, yeah, who cares? This, no. this was a game in the trenches until the very end. And it was really special to watch. It was just a great football game. And I, I know my, my kids were there with my in-laws. Um, I can promise you people who were there did not leave there saying like, eh, who cares? People who left there saying this was a great experience. Absolutely. You know, the, uh, like I mentioned, I, I brought my family. So I was with like three of my wife's cousin's husbands and like, we had four adults and four boys aged like 12 to 17. And like the next day I got texts from all the guys like, man, that was such a great day. It was such a good time. Like, thank you so much. And it really was. And you saw Miami had the momentum going for a while. It looked like they were going to take it over. And then uh, Rutgers came up with the big play where they blocked the punt and recovered it in the end zone for a touchdown. And uh, I feel like that was the just shifted the game, you know, shifted the momentum right back to Rutgers side. Yeah, I was I was proud of my alma mater for the way they finished off their season, and I feel like it's a you know a good stepping stone going into next year. Nate, we joked a little. Not, I mean, not joked. It was true. As we were finishing up the pin triple official program, there's a section in there of you know a recap of every single game, and I noticed. I don't know why I didn't notice this in previous years, but that you have a byline on there, and I was kind of jokingly saying to you, "Have you written every single one of these?" <laughs> I thought for sure the answer was no. There shouldn't be a byline here. And then you said, no, I've written every single one of these um, <laughs> recaps because, Nate, you've been to every pinstripe bowl. And one thing that I found interesting watching this, and I was not there in, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe it was 2012 when Rutgers was there and Chiana was coaching. But 
even when I started here at the Yankees, my first pinstripe ball was 2014, which was Boston College against Penn State. That was the one with the walk-off extra point, yeah. which is memorable. That was maybe the most exciting pinstripe ball game we've had here. Sure. But it was such a new game. It was such a young thing. Uh, I think that if, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure I'm correct. That was the first of the ACC Big Ten matchups, which have endured since then. But for me, one thing that was interesting was seeing, you know, Shiano back and Rutgers back. And what he said, it's the 13th pinstripe mm-hmm. bowl. Yeah. You know, this isn't a baby anymore. Like, let's go Jewish here. It was bar mitzvah this year. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and to watch the way that it has established itself just as a place on the college football calendar. And, and again, you know, to see none of the players felt like they were going through the motions in, in not just during the game, but in the week leading up to it. It's really the, the, the team, and, it, and it's a really hardworking team here that puts together these bowl games every year. But they, they've built such a good product. And again, no one who was part of that Rutgers traveling party seemed like, eh, whatever, another, you know, it's not like this was an exotic trip for them. They traveled like 25 miles from their campus or something. I think even less than that. But man, I think that they were showing a good time in a bowl that has really become an established part of the college football postseason. And it's nice to see it. It is. And I mean, you see it in the in the postgame celebration. I mean, it is not muted whatsoever. They're, you know, there's confetti flying and there's you know smoke going off and they're posing with the trophy it's a it's a celebration uh it, it's legit so Cochiano said that there was a lot of dancing going on in the <laughs> locker room afterward and uh, <laughs> Rutgers quarterback Gavin Wimsett uh was sitting there in the presser wearing a number two Yankees jersey so they knew where they were in a lot of senses yeah and and that's part of what makes it so special is of course you want to end your college football season on a high note and for some of these guys they're ending their their football playing careers, but you're also, you know, part of Yankees history in a small sense. Um, you're adding to the the Yankees stadium football history book. It goes back a long time. I mean, they've been playing football at the corner of 161st and River Ave for 100 years now. There's been a lot of amazing players to come through here. There's been some incredible games, and you never know when the next one's going to happen. So it's something I really look forward to every year uh, as you mentioned that the people who put it together behind the scenes here do an amazing job and uh it's just a fun day i i love coming to yankee stadium and seeing football on the field seeing the marching bands seeing you know all these uh fans in their team colors um it's just a it's a different vibe than a baseball game it's a different smell than a baseball game too which i always love cold weather smells different like when you smell the hot dogs cooking in cold weather you know you're at like a football game yeah yeah it's it's just completely different and it's uh it's a really great experience so i encourage everybody to if you haven't been to a a football game at yankee stadium you got to do it at some point and you'll certainly get another chance in 2024 for the 2024 bad boy mowers pinstripe ball nate Always good to talk. I know that Yankees fans are anxiously awaiting us talking about things other than football and uh, would like to start getting into baseball again. Uh, we are inching ever closer. Uh, you know, we, we, we met yesterday to really, really start our next issues and our yearbook and everything like that. We are kind of here as we enter 2024 in baseball mode again. And it's nice to have things a little quieter when the baseball season ends, but it's also nice as it starts to ramp up. And uh, it's uh, a new year. I think uh, a lot of reason to hope for an exciting year for the Yankees and everyone else here. Nate, always good talking to you and look forward to doing it again in two weeks. Likewise, John. Talk to you then. Thank you for listening to the New York Yankees official podcast. For more stories like these, 
be sure to subscribe at yankees.com forward slash podcast. And for the most in-depth coverage of your New York Yankees, subscribe to Yankees Magazine at yankees.com forward slash publication. Thanks for listening and go Yankees! The New York Yankees official podcast is a production of the Yankees Magazine Podcast Network. It's produced by me, John Schwartz, with assistance from the entire team at Yankees Magazine, as well as incredible support from the New York Yankees Media Relations Department, in particular Jason Zillow, Michael Margolis, and Caitlin Brennan. Thanks also to our awesome social media team, Brian Callahan, Julia Shore, and Alex King. If you're not subscribed, what are you waiting for? We're available wherever you listen to your podcasts or at yankees.com slash podcasts. Leave us a review, leave us a rating, you can even send us your thoughts over email, podcasts at yankees.com. For more information about the stories we discussed today, visit yankees.com slash magazine, where you can read all of our long-form content. If you'd like to subscribe to Yankees Magazine or purchase individual copies of the magazine, yearbook, media guide, or anything else, please visit yankees.com slash publications or call us at 800-GO-YANKS. Of course, you can also stay up to date on everything happening here at the stadium by following us on Twitter, at Yanks Magazine, or by liking us on Facebook at Yankees Magazine. That's it. See you next time, and go Yanks!